This is the SF72 Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SF72 Podcast, your one and only Scarlet's podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the Scarlet's victory away at the Kings and the defeat away at Edinburgh, as well as other things such as the um, Scarlet's players' performance in the Autumn Internationals. With me today are regular guests Gavin Bitter Donald. Hello everybody, how are you doing? Sam English Butcher. Hey Greg, how's it going? <laughs> and Charlie, no nickname yet, Phillips. Suggestions, welcome. Hi. <laughs> so, boys, what do you think about those two away performances? Tam? Um, well, firstly, the Kings game was a seriously, seriously interesting game of rugby. Um, <laughs> there's so many tries. And I'm going to start off with the Kings first. Oh, what I time. watched their tries this morning. I rewatched the highlights this morning. And some of their tries are some of the best tries I've seen in a yeah. long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's Scarlett's <laughs> fault or if it's just the Kings playing seriously good rugby, yeah. but they were interesting. Like the, the kind of matchup um, was really good. The rugby was definitely similar to that of the Southern Hemisphere type rugby. Yeah. Like it, all running, no so, defense. Yeah. Since they are from the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, it would help. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, you've yeah, got a point because the Kings, the, Kings, the Kings play a completely different style when they're away from home as opposed to when they're playing in Port Elizabeth. Yeah. They're, they'll chuck it about like that. We, we beat them 54-10 at home <laughs> and then <laughs> beat them by seven points away. Like they're yeah, a different yeah, side. Yeah. They, they like to play it like that. And I think you're right. Those Some of those tries they scored were unbelievable. I, re- I rewatched it as well this morning and I thought that I look at it from a Scarlet's perspective. So I'm like more critical and I'm like, yeah. our errors led to this, this and this. Yeah. But if I was a Scarlet's fan and we scored some of those tries, I would have been frothing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there were some serious tries in there. Like I remember me and Charlie were at the pub watching it with um former Scarlet Harry Robinson actually he was with us. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Name drop. Name drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, no, it was an excellent game. It was kind of on in the background because we thought, oh, it's just gonna be another another route for the Scarlets, obviously, because obviously you beat them quite comfortably when you play them at home. Mm. But the actual game was especially for a neutral and as a man who claims about how how poor the rugby has been recently it was nice to see a game where i mean the the defending was suspect yeah i mean Uh, yeah yeah yeah. definitely um but it was nice i thought that that both sides were trying to play some rugby i i I loved it as a as a neutral fan yeah yeah i mean we can look at it from like the overly analytical perspective and look at how poor the defenses were but like you say at the end of the day rugby's about entertainment and it was a massively entertaining game wasn't it what did you find scarlet's tries are severely going to be underrated by all of us because the three of their tries came off line outs and just shoves, which were just fantastic tries. Like, <laughs> forward work in that game. Jumper. Attacking, <laughs> attacking forward work in that game was phenomenal. Defensive, it was just so poor. Yeah. It doesn't make sense why <laughs> it was so poor defensively. Yeah. That's, that's kind of... so good attack. Like, they played so well attacking. It was the same for both teams, though, really. That's kind of yeah. That's why I kind of said it's quite similar to the Southern Hemisphere, like rugby style of play. It's not. It's all about attack. Yeah. yeah. Like it's oh, yeah, all yeah, about yeah. just putting points on the board and not necessarily about stopping the other team. It's just who can yeah. get the most points at yeah. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you let in thirty points, they don't care as long as they score more than that. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like New Zealand really versus Japan, isn't it? Sixty-four points. Japan scored thirty-nine points, but New Zealand scored sixty-nine, sixty-seven yeah. points. Yeah. yeah. Just like just 
just back his, uh, yeah. I said I did, that's the rugby that's what I want yeah. rugby to be like it's what all rugby fans really want yeah. to see I mean yeah. it can't, it's in, for a defence coach it's infuriating but for us we're loving it yeah because it's yeah, entertaining absolutely. and that's, that's what puts bums in seats like yeah. you'd, I'd want to go and watch the Southern Kings versus the Scarlets the next game if it was yeah. going to be half as good as that yeah, yeah. Um, a question this is obviously slightly about the Southern Kings as well obviously there wasn't a huge turnout in terms of the crowd for them do you think that's kind of do you think like South African rugby as such is kind of maybe just not as popular as it should be no, like obviously the like international game is massive right yeah, but in yeah. terms of club game they're just not really there it's, it's completely different though because they've, they've got their own you know the super, the super rugby out there where their main teams will play where you know yeah. like the Kings and, and the Cheetahs aren't good enough to be in that yeah. so those games have massive crowds like yeah. the Bulls who play in um, the high veld get like 25-30,000 a week to go and watch them play yeah. it's packed yeah. all the time mm. yeah because I sometimes I see super rugby crowds and I think those crowds are poor I know what you're saying it looks the Kings are particularly bad on cheaters they have particularly bad crowds but I always watch super rugby and think they play in massive stadiums and it seems empty they still have like 20,000 yeah, it seems exactly, empty yeah. but um, yeah I know what you're saying I think this, there's a big obviously a big thing in South African rugby with all the um, internationals leaving going up abroad to play and they're not being considered for international uh, international selection and it's good do you know what their fullback I can't remember his name he was unbelievable yeah, he had a quality game yeah that try um, the kick as well yeah the grub and the grubber through the first one he scored sidestepping I thought yeah. I honestly thought it was really bad defence from us I think Nicholas mm. and Scarlett was like mid yeah, but like obviously it was great. It was great play from him. From um, it's a bit of a theme, I think, isn't it? Our defence hasn't been <laughs> yeah. great. Um, I've actually got a few yeah, stats that I'm going to throw at you boys. I want to see what you think. So, I love a stat. Oh yeah, I love, love a good stat. Me, going to put my analysis out on. Yeah. So we've had five away games this season, four losses. In those games, we've had 158 points conceded, which is 31.6 per game, <laughs> uh, and 17 <laughs> tries conceded, which is 3.4 per game. Um, but what I found, and obviously that's not good enough, but what I found really interesting was I looked at the corresponding fixtures last season and we conceded 99 points against Edinburgh, Kings and Ulster because obviously we didn't play Connacht away or Leicester. Yeah. Um, and we conceded 4.6 tries per game over those three. So you conceded more tries per game? We conceded more tries per game in those three fixtures last season. So it comes back to the debate of have we actually gone backwards? Is it more to do with our injuries? Like, what do you, what do you boys think? Like, I... It was the defending was was as I said suspect. I think it has been for for a couple of weeks, but as, that's that's a strange figure for me to to show that. Do you think you're just struggling more away from home? Because against against us in the league, your your defence was pretty solid. I thought. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, exactly. Our home record is completely different. So, like, five home games, four wins, and we've only conceded eighty five point seventeen per game. This is which like, is a little bit well, was, average, really. I was going to say. I understand the psychology of not playing at home and playing away, mm. but why should a def defense be any different? Yeah. In theory, the defense should be exactly the same at home as it should be away. Yeah. And why is there such a sudden drop off from the Scarlet's defense just because yeah. they're playing in a different stadium? Yeah, I don't, exactly. I can't quite wrap my head around that. Maybe there's a mentality thing. Yeah. Well, I had the exact. To be honest, we don't really struggle away from home like traditionally. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not a thing. Obviously, all teams struggle more away from home than they do at home, but it's not ever been a massive thing so last year you can see 21 points across all our away games we conceded 21 points on average per game which is obviously significantly less than so far this season so I'm thinking it's not you know our away form maybe has got worse this year 
Yeah. Like, yeah, I get well. I, as I said, I think I don't think the injuries are helping. And being in the middle of the autumn international windows where, where you, you lose a lot of players as well. Yeah. Um it's been to, was it I think you had nineteen players out, wasn't yeah. it, at some point? Yeah. It was after the Kings game? Yeah, yeah, nineteen yeah. players for the Kings. Uh, and a tough no asset, uh, to go away with pretty much a full team missing. Yeah. Well, almost a full team and a bench missing. Yeah. To away to Kings is, is always gonna be tough. But it's gonna be I mean, tough against any team. Yeah. And uh, I know, obviously no disrespect to the Kings, but they're not the hardest team you could have faced either. No. And you 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 got a win. It was a fought win, but both teams played really well. But I think both defence were so leaky that game. It was just going to be an entertaining game of rugby from yeah. a neutral like myself. Yeah. Yeah. From the from the Scarlet's perspective, though, if they know that they're going to have so many people out going to internationals, like, okay, granted, they probably didn't think they're going to have 19 people missing, but where does it kind of come to the point where they need to start incorporating those guys into the team because it's going to get to the stage where they're going to be low on players and that they need to bring in some new people and they need to make sure that those new people, when they do play, can perform. My counter-argument to that is that they only play, what, three games during the Autumn Series with the break? They don't play any games during the Six Nations, no? They do. We play. I think we play, like, two or three. Yeah, so two. Yeah. So five games the entire season, they're missing key players. So maybe for a lot of these teams, like, there's a lot of Welsh teams that do it, we'll just go, oh, we're missing these players. We'll go in with a weekend squad and we'll just bite the bullet for these three games and we'll just get what we can out of them and give some people experience and not really think about it in the season as a whole. So, like, all right, we lost we lost to the... The next thing we're going to do is obviously the loss against Edinburgh, but they beat the Kings and there was a good result for them and they were clearly happy they got some younger lads in the squad. Yeah. But then they go to Edinburgh and lose. Mm-hmm. They're really not going to be happy about that. But they're yeah. like, it's not the end of the world, so they'll make up the, they'll make up the points towards the end of the season make up the wins and try and even themselves out yeah. and get their position better when they have a fully fit squad back but 19 players is ridiculous yeah. Yeah. it becomes a sort of discussion about like about the league then doesn't it about and the whole argument about whether we should play games like during the international break at all because obviously it discredits the league and it comes down to how big the player budget is and how big the squad is how well the team's going to be doing at the end of the season yeah like it's no secret that yeah. the irish teams have more money and more depth so they tend to perform better but i mean the scarlet's we haven't done badly over the over the autumn so far i mean we like we beat kings away who lost who beat um, yeah. glasgow do you know what i mean a full strength glasgow yeah. or like a pretty strong side and then, and then we lost to Edinburgh by ten points. Like in the corresponding <laughs> fixture last year, we lost fifty-four fourteen against Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah. It was the week before we played Leinster in the semi-final, so we had a weakened team and we lost by that much. Yeah. So I mean, ten points isn't bad. Resurgent Edinburgh under Cockrell. Yeah. Also, yeah definitely. Edinburgh yeah. obviously have players on international duty too. Yeah. So that is yeah, but most yeah, 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 but yeah, I said Glasgow has got the majority of the Scottish players though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I I said it's it's an interesting one for me for the autumn because the Ospreys we always. We always used to do better. In some, there was there was points in the, in those periods of time where where all of our main players would be away playing, and we'd have the young lads who were coming through to have a game. Like they they would, we would usually win you know four or five of those games, and put us in an even better position in the league, uh, and would play better rugby at that point. So it was almost in, more enjoyable to watch our second team at times. Obviously, that's not the case because most of that team are now playing at the moment and aren't playing very well, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But I think it, it's it's a it's one of those ones. That, as I said, it swings around about. So if you've got a good if you've got good squad depth, uh, then then it's a then it's an opportunity to pick up a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, and like and it comes down like teams have a responsibility. We we're aware that this is going to happen. We have a responsibility to build depth. 
and I do think the Scarlets actually build depth as well as anyone in, in the Pro 14. I'd say that. And like, you know, we provide we provide that many internationals to Wales. We it, it's it's worse for us during the Ultimate Internationals that, that happens, but then again, mm. you know, it's obviously a good thing that we have, we have that many internationals. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we had an interesting discussion yesterday, didn't we, about the psychology of the of the away team? Like, yeah. do you think that do you think that's a big impact then? Like, uh, I think for certain aspects there is, um, but I I just I can't physically wrap my head around such a severe drop in one specific aspect of your game which is defence yeah yeah we're still scoring plenty of points aren't we yeah Yeah. that's what I mean Um, and it's it's not as if you're performing badly in in the other areas it's just like it's just defence all of a sudden has just become an issue whenever you go somewhere that's not at home yeah and from from my point of view, I, I can't quite figure out why because it, I can't imagine like it's not like the players go out on the pitch and they think yeah. right okay we're not playing at home our defense is going to be rubbish yeah. today like they yeah. don't yeah, purposefully yeah, yeah. try to make their defense yeah. rubbish yeah but that's what happens there's some sort of intensity that seems to be lacking yeah. that we have at home that we don't have yeah. away yeah I th- I and I just don't know what that is and yeah. you've got to try and identify what that is yeah. so that you can work on it I, yeah. I always find that playing away some places especially where you've never been before it, it's always quite uncomfortable. I find it quite uncomfortable to not. I find, I find being more comfortable at home, and you, you know, you know what the pitch is like, you, you know what the bounce of the ball is going to be yeah. most of the time, you've got and, the crowd and things like you've got the yeah, you've got the crowd behind you. I think there can be some unsettling atmospheres you can go into, um, but as I said, I, I agree with Sam there that that um, you know it shouldn't really make that much of a difference to a, to a fundamental part of the game like defence. Mm. Quite an interesting. It's not quite the same thing, but. Um, uh, team that are quite similar to Scarlet's in away form are Merthyr Town in football so but it, it, this, is, this is a really really <laughs> weird topic this, this, yeah. so, so last season Merthyr Town was struggling financially so what happened was home games they had the, one of the best home records in the entire league but away games they played awfully and I was speaking to my mate and I was like why is that a case and he was like so basically for the home games, they play their strongest side that go out there and show the home fans how good they are. And when they go away, they play 14 and 15-year-olds in their first team. So they give the younger players this opportunity when they go away and because they know the home fans aren't there and they know they've struggled in the past away. So they're like, why would we sacrifice those players? I find that very strange. So, <laughs> so, so Scarlets aren't doing that though. No. That's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are they? Are they no. giving these? Are well, they, they giving young any fourteen-year-olds? They've got nineteen people injured, John. Yeah, so they are probably paying fourteen-year-olds at this point, then, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> My logic is there. Yeah. Trust to, me. To be honest, Greg, I was surprised you weren't pulling on the jersey. <laughs> yeah. I gave him. I gave him a tricky text. It's now available. Wait. We're not that desperate. If we lose our if we lose our twentieth man, you're in. <laughs> no, to be, hon- to be honest, though, um, take nothing away from them. They did actually win at Kings. Exactly. Yeah, we are kind of we yeah. we are slating them about their defense, but they did take the victory exactly. against a team that played very well. I thought yeah, so. Exactly, yeah. Credit and to and them for yeah, they for, came from behind as well, taking yeah. three points. Yeah, and like yeah, particularly the back row performance was really pleasing. Mm. Yeah, I thought we did really well. Also, yeah. they, on Instagram, they look like they enjoyed themselves on the South African beaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, the trip. game of it. Yeah. yeah and then there was just holiday. all of them in the sea, <laughs> and I was like, South Africa's like, so awesome. I love yeah. South Africa. Did they only go, over, they only went over for one game? Yeah. I, I, I personally think if you're going to go, you should go for, um, the, two, for, the, for the two. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you play the two, maybe have a, 
a break in between. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was like the Blues when they went. Like, half their team turned up at the wrong time with none of their luggage and stuff. Oh, yeah. So it was like, one of the, I think it was Ray Lilo turned up like 20 minutes before kickoff and he mm. didn't have any of his kit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's been issues as well with passports and stuff. Yeah. Certain players haven't been able to That's get in the I country. Mean. And That's and what things. I mean. Like, the, the idea of, of them playing in, in South Africa and playing some of these South African teams is... is Makes sense, right? Because the South African time difference yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is, is, yeah. is yeah. the same. But in reality, you've got to you've got a serious amount of logistics that you've got to get through to get <laughs> yeah. a team there and yeah. to play a game of rugby. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like um, some teams obviously financially can afford to have their own plane and stuff like that. A lot of teams don't have that. Most teams financially can't afford to be like, oh, here's a private charter jet. Gavin with a big yawn there. Cheers. Good no, I meant you. No, just... It's a point to be made to whoever does the fixtures for the Pro 14 to make sure when these teams go down there, mm. say there's four Welsh regions, you put the two Welsh regions literally swap teams and do that twice and you can put two teams on a plane together. They all know each other. They all get along. Why <laughs> wouldn't you put... Massive brawl on the, they, on the plane. But they obviously... They all know each other. They all yeah, get along. Yeah, so yeah, why yeah. wouldn't you go, okay, so... If, for example, the Blues and the oh, say Ospreys and the Scarlets play the two South African sides and then swap over the week later, and then they play the corresponding side. Yeah, that makes sense in like time here, and that's how they have to do it. That's how they should do it. And I've just googled it. It's an eleven and a half hour flight from London ah, to Cape Town. Lovely. Yeah. That's the oh, so oh. the nearest way you, the nearest city in, uh, you can fly to is Johannesburg, and that's only an, that's an eleven hour flight, which is lovely, and that's. From London, yeah, yeah, is ridiculous. So that's what that's what they do in 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 the in the Super Rugby, is when they go on the legs to different places, they they'll be tour. there for like two or three weeks. They go on a tour, yeah. yeah. Than, so they'll play like the they'll play like three or four games there, and then they go back to to, to have a home country, and then you know the fixtures be vice versa. Then yeah. yeah. And how would how would you do that if you're if you're the Kings though? Because you've got you well you would got, have you would have spend ninety percent of your season away. Yeah, playing other yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I think so I'd, I'd rather have, be in Joburg. You'd have, to, you'd have to split it up so that they would play half their season at home. So they so they do all their home games in one sitting, and then mm. they do all their away games in one sitting. Oh, that's, you could. I don't think that. Would but work, then, would it? yeah, then it wouldn't work either because then you would just have like teams. Imagine how much money they'd have to spend to stay places. Yeah, it it wouldn't work. That's yeah. the confusing part, and then that potentially goes back to the answer to my question: is why mm. don't they play more than one team? Yeah, because maybe it's just. Maybe it's just not possible. Well, last season the Scarlets did play the Kings, followed by the Cheetahs, and I'm sure there were other teams that did it. Maybe Munster or someone. It had it did, was done last season. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it probably has been done this season. Maybe but just not everyone can go there and play two games in a row. Maybe like, yeah. So it like makes sense. Two sometimes home games, two away games, maybe a good way to lock it in. Yeah. So that's you that's do, they play. You know, you go down there, play two home games, and then for the so for the Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Cheetahs. Yeah. They play two games. At home, and then do two games away, and then two games at home, and have like ten the yeah. ten days to two weeks away, yeah. and that's how they do it. They kind of do it as a rotational thing. Yeah, I hope yeah. the Pro Fourteen are listening to this because I think we've just solved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get ourselves a job, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, problem solved. Anyway, um, I'm I will see these will be linked below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please give us a job. Yeah. Um, with regards to the defence, then it's actually really interesting for me that the Australia game on Saturday, um, our defence was outstanding, yeah. and two particularly good players in defence were Hadley Parks and Jonathan Davis. I would argue yeah. that, argue that it won you guys the game, right? It did, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 
well, what Davis's work in defence negating the Australian back line from getting outside, which they love to do, mm-hmm. was just outstanding and, and saved that saved us from having to deal with a lot of their try scoring opportunities. Yeah, right, so I, I did follow. I barely saw Falau touch the ball. Yeah. on the weekend, yeah. he's had some choice words, hasn't he, to, to say? Mm. Um, doesn't seem like a good bloke. No, um, I'm glad that George Nord made him a human backpack. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Bringing it back to rugby is a very good player. Yeah, he, yeah, is. he is. And we did so well that so he didn't cause any problems. Mm. And he normally does. He's like, mm. especially in those like in those close quarters, not far from the try line, he always he's just got such a good instinct to getting over the line. And like he's just big and strong and yeah, I thought we did yeah. really well to just to keep him I up. found it interesting that they didn't change it at all and, and put Hale Petty on the wing and, and him at fullback because I thought, mm. you know, we had our kicking game was exceptional as well on the weekend. Yeah. We we very much pinned them back and I thought yeah. Uh, I'm not the biggest Anscombe fan, but I thought he had a decent game. Yeah. Um, but I said that the defensive effort was just absolutely outstanding from 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 one to fifteen. Oh well, one to twenty three even. Like, yeah. you know, everybody coming on was was making their hits, and and we took our chances when we needed to. Yeah. Um, obviously, hopefully, hopefully, Harfie's going to recover by the South Africa yeah. game. That was a nasty. Um, challenge yeah. from Karevi on the weekend. Yeah, what do you think of that thing? Because obviously Wales aren't happy at all with, uh, well, with him. He's he shoulder charged him in the chin. He hasn't, right? Has he not been cited or anything? No. 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 Um, but I was having, so I had it a very. Like the, it was like the Farrell thing for me. I think yeah, it's the same it was concept. Much the very thing. similar similar situation. They just haven't seemed to have caught onto it. Yeah. yeah. And haven't even bothered going into a into sighting afterwards. Said, those so. are the dangerous things. That, uh, I remember we talked about how tackling is done and, and things like that, but those are the things in the game that are dangerous and are actually causing the problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. said halfman has got a concussion now yeah. and Karevi's, Karevi's going to get away. Like, he, didn't even, he didn't even put his hands up in the air to try and charge the ball down. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I completely agree. And I had a very animated discussion with a WIU referee that I can't name, <laughs> but he it was basically absolutely... Oh, well, from his perspective, he wouldn't have even given a penalty if he was refing that game, he no. said, which I thought was ridiculous. We looked at about 20 replays, slow-mo and everything, and I, th- I personally think that although he d- he he goes in for the charge down initially, he's got his hands up in the air, going for the charge down, completely fine, and then for whatever reason, he twists, loses control completely, and ends up shoulder charging halfpenny. And I mm. think you have his argument, the referee's argument was that he just lost. It was like a loss of control. It wasn't malicious intent or whatever. But last time I checked, you don't need to be. You don't. It doesn't need to be intent. If you pick someone up and accidentally drop them on the red, it's an accident, but it's still a red card. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's poor yeah, technique. Yeah, yeah, whether, whether it's tackle technique or charge down technique, or whatever, it's poor technique. He lost control. Yeah. And I think it should have been minimum yellow card. Hundred percent. I agree. Um, I I didn't. I obviously watched the game. I didn't actually see what point in the game it happened though well, about 20 came. minutes ago was it it was actually a key part of the game sorry go on yeah there was about yeah about 50 I think it was like 60 around 60th minute mm. and he charged it down but what I found really awkward with it is so he charges the ball down but he only puts one arm up if you look at it he has one arm up both arms up and he drops the one arm yeah. and as he hits the floor he starts to put his shoulder in because he knows he's going to make contact yeah. so he makes sure that contact's impactful and then he can complete the red oh, I, didn't, I didn't mean to that's, yeah. that's his defence if it happened yeah but nothing was happening with it. Mm-hmm. He dropped his shoulder into a player's chin and just sparked <laughs> him out. Yeah. Yeah. Halfpenny half getting up from that, because Halfpenny kind of like hit him and he kind of sat up like halfway and was looking around like, where's the penalty? What are you doing? Because mm-hmm. yeah. he, he just charged him. They were, 
he had complete control. In my opinion, he had complete control of what he was doing. He hit the floor and he ducked his shoulder and he knew exactly malicious what... Malicious intent, he, know, he knew what he needed mm-hmm. to do. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he needed to do and he did it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Like and it was actually a really key part of the game as well because we had we were six three up and then there was a it was a penalty swing really because we ended up conceding a penalty which they kicked to make it six all. Yeah. So actually, you know, if um if we'd gone on to lose that game, <laughs> then the outrage would be probably multiplied by ten from the WIU. <laughs> yeah. I mean they're already pretty unhappy. But yeah. yeah, but it was nice to see him having a laugh on the WIU TV dressing up as well. Yeah, that video. Yeah. It was good fun, that was. <laughs> yeah, it looks hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah at least he's in good spirits, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, was it recorded was it recorded after Let's the hope game? So. Yeah. <laughs> um the makeup was brilliant. Yeah, it, it doesn't even really look good. anything like him. Yeah. Yeah, very good, yeah. Very good video actually. Yeah. 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 Well I said yeah. I thought that the effort that the, the boys put in on the weekend um, was was simply outstanding. Yeah. It, was, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, on the half penny, kicking is kicking a bit of a concern, or do you reckon it was just an off day? I think it was just an off day. I mean, the bloke's a metronome. Like having seen him and having the ability to, I come from the same area. I used to see him. He trained all the mentioned. time. Yeah, <laughs> but he used to he used to train all the time, and and I barely ever used to see him miss a kick and. It, it's. I think it's. It's a testament that everybody was so shocked in the stadium that he actually missed. Yeah. I like saw the general yeah. audible gasp from like yeah. eighty thousand yeah. people. The half penny missed the kick. Yeah. Yeah. Half penny missed the kick. I think it's just a testament to to how good the bloke actually is. Yeah. Um, someone said on Twitter, it's like commentator law that they have to say like, oh, it's not a sight you see very often. Half penny missing a kick. Yeah. It is that rare, and yeah. they do say that every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. I, it, but fair play to bigger for stepping up and kicking that pressure pen. Though. Mm. Everybody has off days, though. Yeah. But, yeah. And Lee Halfpenny just happened to have one of those days. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Yeah. And he'll be. He was magnificent in defence though, and and positioning all game at fullback was outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Another another gif that's been doing the rounds on Twitter. His take five meters out. You know that big up and under. Yeah, they yeah. Had, yeah, they had penalty, have you seen it? They had mm-hmm. penalty advantage, and um, they send it. I think it's Foley sends a high one up right on the try line. Half penny just takes it, cool as you like. Yeah, literally no issues. It was great taxiing from Adams. He takes an absolute wallop in, blocking yeah. the the chasers. But still, he's yeah. just under no pressure. He seems like he's under yeah. no pressure. He he he's for me. I, I would admit that I'm a little bit biased, but he's just so underrated. He's so safe. Like he, he doesn't miss a tackle. He, he's so good under the high ball. His positioning yeah. is unbelievable. I think. I think defensively, we all know that he is world class. I think it's his attacking game that people get unhappy yeah, but with. He's brilliant for the Scarlets. Yeah, he's improved a lot for the Scarlets. I mean, last season he does look. He did look a bit like. Um, uh, sometimes I think he just seems a bit slow, but like I think he's actually looks a lot quicker and sharper he, this year. Yeah, like you know he might have slimmed down a bit or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. he does look and he's making more line breaks, getting more offloads out. Um, but I think it's different for Wales. He's, he's taught to you know you get the ball in your twenty two, you kick it. But yeah. in the Scarlets, you, you're free. To, you're free to run about. Yeah, I think he's always been very good when he's run with the ball in hand. I just don't think he, he's so good at so many different aspects of the game that he's fantastic at kicking out of his hand. He barely he barely misses the the tram lines when he when he makes kicks outfield and he yeah. doesn't give the ball away to to their best players in attacking positions. Yeah. Um, I think that's just the way that Wales play compared to the way that Scarlets play. And I hope that they do free him up. Yeah. To be honest, because he can be a very attacking threat. He can be a very good attacking threat at times. Yeah. Yeah. With the attacking kicks as well on the weekend, not just half penny. A lot of the players pinging her up, or, or they were going for it. They were, prop, yeah. they were getting up there. They're getting in their face with the catches. <laughs> they weren't, you know. They weren't worried about anything to come off it. They were just getting yeah. straight up and getting as close yeah. as they can as possible. There's a uh, there's a good point in the game where we kicked it quite far, and I think we were in the Australian 22 in the second half, and we had 
such quick pressure because they thought it was going to go to touch and it just didn't quite reach. Yeah. And they picked it up and there was we had three men up and he passed in. He had just booted in. It was an awful kick. We really should have done a lot better from that situation. Mm. But there's a lot of like, we just had such a high pressure line when we went up. But it was a really good defensively. So we knew they were going to kick back. So whoever went up, then the other back stepped back a bit and just yeah, made sure yeah. they covered the back and then she just had a kind of a rotational role with that, yeah, which yeah. I quite like. Yeah, felt like we kind of learned our lessons from previous fixtures against them where our kicking game wasn't on point and it led to us looking vulnerable when they ran the ball back. Yeah, I think the one thing that I found disappointing though that was I thought that Ken Owens had an uncharacteristically poor game, especially thrown in. Like There was points where we were in very good attacking positions and, and he missed the man. And that's unlike Ken. Like even even I'd say that myself as an Osprey fan. You know he's been fantastic. Well, I I I mean I thought I kind of disagree with in the loose. Owens was fantastic, and he always is. He's always he's such yeah. a hard worker. He carries. He just gets around the park. I agree his throw in, and I don't think that is that out of character for him this season. Actually, do you think for do you the think? Scarlets, we've thrown away quite a few attacking opportunities in you, their twenty-two. I just don't um, think we can do that. I don't think fire. we can afford to you do can't, that. No, but like it's only this season. You know, this is the first time really that it's yeah, that's, been, it's yeah exactly a, more yeah. of an issue before it hasn't happened. As, as a neutral, Sam, what did what did you think? Because obviously we talked about how good the game the, the Kings with the Scarlets was, but this was the complete opposite of that. I well, what I was gonna say is I was gonna kind of try and play devil's advocate a little bit obviously you guys had a seriously good defensive game right and everything that Australia threw at you guys you just had an answer for and that was arguably why they didn't score many points and why you guys won the game but on the other side you guys only scored nine points you got three penalty kicks yeah do you think you think there's questions to ask about potential try scoring and potential attack from you because from from what I remember of the game um there just there wasn't really much attack from either team. It was yeah. just kind of a yeah. lot of trying to battle back and forth, and you were both just shutting each other down. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had my worries about the way that we the way that we play our rugby for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think I didn't. I was at the game. I was lucky enough to be at the game, and it was it was completely different for me. I was there, and I'm, I was involved in this game because I think the history of us losing so many games that we shouldn't have lost against them in the last thirteen years. It was just nice to watch us actually get over the line and not do something idiotic in defence. And yeah. I think we sacrificed a bit of our attacking flair just to make sure that we were, you know, we were pinpoint in in our defensive ac- capabilities. But I, but I, I, I see, I can completely see a point. You know, I'm, I would much rather us try and outscore a team. But I think against an opposition that we haven't beaten and some the fashion that we've lost in some of the games against them in the past, you know, agonisingly close. I think yeah. in a couple of times we lost by one or two points. Mm-hmm. It was nice to just see us get over the line. Yeah. I agree. I, to be honest, I think that we Wales have developed their attacking game more in the last couple of se- like last couple of seasons, and I I would say there's no there's very few teams who can go toe to toe with the Wallabies and try and outscore them like that and win. Mm. And that's probably the All Blacks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If for Wales to go and try and do that would be suicide. Yeah, it's a massive so, risk. Yeah, but like it's not like we don't have the option. I still think that our attacking game needs work. Yeah. But I think when we when we face teams that we know that we can outscore. We generally do play that style of Scotland, for example, yeah. in the Six Nations. We yeah. went in there with that mindset and won comfortably. So, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, you we guys, played the right game plan against uh, Australia. I was, yeah, I was about to say yeah. the game plan. Yeah. You guys kind of had a game plan and you stuck to it and you won. We'll come final if we win 9 6 in a rubbish game. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, said, it's true. a massive psychological blow as well for Japan because they're in our group and we've beaten them in the one game we've got with them before 
the World Cup. That's a huge psychological blow going into into Japan. I thought you well. meant for Japan. Like, you played Japan. No, I was really, no, yeah, I was really Japan. confused there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's huge. It's huge. Because it's been such a long, I said, it's been such a long time since we beat them. Yeah. But now that it matters in the build up to a World Cup, you know, that's going to be massive. huge for yeah, us. It is huge. Yeah, it's a massive blow for them. But for you guys now going in, knowing that you've beaten them after 10 years. Yeah. Puts you in pretty good stead, I think. Yeah. For the, oh, we uh, know for the exactly what we we know exactly what we have to do to beat them, and I don't care if it's the worst game of rugby ever. <laughs> I, I couldn't care. Less. I couldn't care less if we beat the yeah, Australians in the World Cup. It doesn't matter. Like we can beat teams however we want. Yeah, I, I, we I'd, can win every game three 0 in the World Cup. <laughs> so if we happy. win it, we win it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. if, is, we, if we beat New Zealand three 0 in the World Cup, I'm going to be out until if Christmas. Beat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2024. <laughs> Imagine the scenes if Wales actually managed to win the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? Let's not yeah. even let's, let's hope, let's hope a referee doesn't rob us I'd of go back, one. I'd go, back, I'd go back to England and never return. <laughs> 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 oh, God, yeah. Insufferable. It'd be like you guys talking about the amount of times you've won the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. They'd close the bridge. They <laughs> would just, go, they just knock bridge. on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> the bridge is stopped. Yeah. No one's going across. Yeah. <laughs> they give but, us independence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, we can't deal with it. Yeah. Fine, let, let them have it. Um, yeah, no, I think to be honest though, I think if we don't win it, win in the pool stage, then this this, this win is still irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? We have yeah. to go and back it up now in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what do you guys like? Going quite off topic here, but what do you think our chances are then World Cup? I think they're really good. I really do. The last two World Cups, we really upped our game. You know, 2011, we were the best team in the tournament. I don't care what anybody says, we were the best team, and we probably should have won that World Cup. If it wasn't for Alan Roland. <laughs> still better. I'm still better. And I thought we played really well the last World Cup as well. Yeah. We had uh, loads of injuries and we yeah. still should have beaten South Africa. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, third time's a charm and that sometimes luck comes our way this time. Mm. I think the hopefully we could do it we could do a job. I think like I think with the World Cup it's quite a bizarre one because obviously people a lot of people talk about like form and things going into the World Cup and how many games you've won and how many games you've lost. But there are so many teams that just turn up at the World Cup and are really good, irrespective of whether they've lost or won the last 10 games that they played. Um, Argentina is a prime example of a team that are always rubbish in the Four Nations, mm-hmm. but they always manage to work their way through yeah. the World Cup and get to a pretty late yeah. stage. Yeah. And... I think you guys are one of those kind of teams that, regardless of whether you win loads of games in your autumn internationals or the Six Nations before a World Cup, you're probably going to perform pretty well yeah. in the World Cup. Yeah, we tend to turn up. You kind of th- turn up, yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's definitely, I don't know if you guys watch Squid Rugby, but he did a really good video on how Gatland literally plans the, like, everything you know, yeah. it's periodization 100%. and and we plan we build the depth and then we get there and we do tend to peak and we yeah. perform really well and it, like we were, yeah we were so unlucky with injuries yeah. last time it would be nice to send him away with something as well like uh, regardless of how people feel like about grog him. yeah no <laughs> <laughs> not grog <laughs> he, he's been he's been a magnificent servant and over the the best period of Welsh rugby that that I can remember and to be honest he deserves a big send off at a world cup with a big win at, at some point because the guy's done everything now I just look at Wales' odds in the World Cup. We are seven favourites, which is ridiculous. <laughs> we're third in we the are, world. We are, we are twenty to one to win the World Cup. For Who's some ahead reason, of us? for some reason, we're behind Australia. 
Can uh, you read it from from first so to New Zealand? To seven, right, New yeah, Zealand obviously. are six to five on. Uh, Ireland are nine to two. I can see that. England are six to one. <laughs> no chance. South Africa are seven to one. I don't know how they were that. Australia are eight to one. Wales twenty to one. I'd put some. I'd probably put some money on South Africa to get there. I reckon. Really? Yeah. Somebody's, somebody needs to take out the All Blacks, though, and I don't know who Some, it's going to be. France. Next, France always do it. Yeah, it's I always ne- France. Next, next weekend will determine if Wales can... I might put a bet on this week, because if Wales beat South Africa next week, it could just change the... It'll throw everything into a bit of a disarray. We're going to win! We're going to win the World Cup. We don't, we don't, we're we're we don't condone get. betting, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we do get very hard When the fun we, stops, we, stop. This is it. Spain are 250... No, 2,500-1 Spain. Uruguay, Romania, Namibia are all 2,500-1. I think the next Six Nations is going to be a bit of a slog for everyone to watch. Like I'm not in. I'm not looking forward to the next Six Nations because I, it. I feel like I feel like all the teams are just gonna go. Who's young? Who can play rugby? Yeah, you will play for the next five games. We'll decide who we want for the World Cup. Are you lot? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. They're just gonna go. Right. You, here are a lot of uncapped players that we think are prospects or uh, who have had two or three caps. Maybe like some players even with one cap. They go. We think you're a prospect. We're just gonna put you in the team. Yeah. We'll put you in the team for the Six Nations. And I think it's just going to be... Uh, if anything, it could be more entertaining because it can just be the most... The, exactly what Gav looks for in a game of rugby. A mad tri-fest, yeah. end-to-end. Everyone trying to outscore each other. Don't get your <laughs> but, like, but then it's like, we'll check props on the wing and stuff like that. Just go mental. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Williams playing on the wing. Yeah. Again. <laughs> just just go absolutely nuts. Yeah. We all remember how that went uh, last time. Sam, you talk us through it. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Lloyd Williams Lloyd on the Williams wing. Williams on the wing. Little kick through the infield kick to Gareth Davis. Pretend he doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any of these players' names. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's what Sam Burgess said in the build-up to that game. <laughs> and it ended very badly for him. <laughs> how's, how's his rugby union career going, by the way? What? Is he even alive? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's back playing league. Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He just. just he I'm just not even kidding. He right? Did a runner. He literally. There must have been something like some sort of deal with him and the. RFU, right? Oh, 100%. Because he literally came over, was playing dog shit rugby at Bath, joined the England team for the World Cup, we got knocked out, and then he just pissed off again. As if it was like some yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. It was George was actually was. My favourite thing is everybody's like, oh my God, he plays the same position as Sunny Bell for the same team. He's going to be Sunny Bell. Comes yeah, over, yeah, and then yeah. And he's just got a Sunny Bell jockstrap. <laughs> there was just so many videos of him like smashing Sunny Bill in mm. League as well, and everyone's like, he's going to be the next big thing. <laughs> he came over, he was crap. Well, the weird thing was... And he was, still got in the team. In his defence, he was playing flanker for Bath and then inside centre for England, like international level. He has, he's barely played the sport and they're not even playing him in the same position just, I I mean, mean, it literally everybody no comes sense. from the league is yeah. Sonny, Sonny Bill is just an absolute freak yeah. and, then, an and then what's really funny is that he still got a, a place in that team Yeah, <laughs> regularly he was on the team yeah. and he just did nothing he was offering nothing to be cynical <laughs> about it right if you think about it the fact that he was playing for England probably attracted a load of league fans that might not have been that interested in the Union yeah, World like Cup. A, yeah, yeah. And, and they, then all, they all got They all left board. laughing at the game of rugby union. Yeah. Like, what is this? I mean, it backfired massively, <laughs> yeah. but he was like a bit of a poster boy, wasn't he? In the he was a poster boy, yeah, that's to be fair. Load, yeah, so, well. <laughs> He's going to be Sonny Bill. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Good one. Yeah, yeah, all backfired pretty badly. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, guys, and tune in next time for another SF72 podcast. Uh, follow us on Scarlet Fever 72 on Twitter and Scarlet Fever 72 
72 on Facebook. Thank you very much. This is the SF72 podcast.